What is up, everyone? You're listening to WKNC 88.1 FM HD1 Raleigh. We're a student-run nonprofit radio station based out of North Carolina State University. I'm DJ Lucid, and this is Off the Record. Here with me today are two extremely talented members of the band by George. Let's do some introductions, you guys. Hey, everyone. My name is Chandaman Croft. I am drummer and one half of by George. You are drummer. I am drummer. I am Tyler Ford, and I am a uh, vocalist and guitarist for By George. Well, thank you for coming and being with us here today. Um, where are you both coming from? We live together in North Raleigh, about 30 minutes north of campus. It's um, right next to Falls of News Lake. Um, middle of nowhere. In the <laughs> middle of nowhere. As, as middle of nowhere as it can be still living in a large city. True. Yeah. But. So have you guys lived in Raleigh your whole lives? Not at all. Um, we actually didn't meet until 2018, 2019. I think it was 2019, yeah. Yeah, we went to the same high school in Charlotte, um, but we come from wildly different backgrounds. I grew up overseas and didn't actually move to the States until 2015, so. Yeah, so we met in 2019. I am from Charlotte. I grew up in Charlotte, um, all schooling there until I went to college in Virginia and then moved to Raleigh in uh, 2022, or the back half of 2021, um, and then we started living together. But since, since 2021, we've lived together in Raleigh. Gotcha. So you guys have been working together for how many years now as a band? What is it, 2024? Lost track of time. Is it Five? 2024? Oh, wow. Five years. Five years, but in different, so like in different projects. This band, we like to say it, it started the middle of last year. So, but working together longer than this band has been a thing. So you've been collaborating as a band for a little while now. You're still mm. a pretty baby band, mm. but you've been friends for even longer. How does that affect your writing process between you guys? That. Uh, it, it's, I think it's a huge plus that we've been friends and been writing together for longer than we've been in this band. Um, we have written in a bunch of different genres and styles, like all the way back to 2019. We kind of started with more indie, like indie rock. It had like a little bit of country stuff, in it, at least with Better in My Head, um, and so just kind of more rock stuff. But then over the years, we've kind of honed the relationship. And then as of last January, we really started writing like, intentionally for this project and our like this genre that the band is now um we started but it, it wouldn't have been the same like starting we didn't start from scratch you know in january it wasn't like okay now how do we write together how do we this it was like no we kind of already know how to do that and now we just need to do it yeah um, we've uh tyler and i've played live together for so many years um but we didn't sit down and and try to write some music together until until last January, like you said. So I think that helped a lot, though. Like the onstage chemistry and just having to travel and play so many gigs led to a, a, a creative relationship that already had a huge uh, base of understanding underneath it. If that makes well sense. Well said. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So would you say that is kind of a more collaborative process than, you know, some bands divide between instrumental and lyricism? How would you guys go about that? I mostly handle the lyrics. Um, Chalman does a lot of the rhythm stuff, but I mean, it, it's collaborative in the sense that we have different strengths in what we bring to the songwriting table. I think the way that it typically works is that I'll bring an idea for lyrics or for a melody to the table, or he will, um, and then we'll both jump on a logic file together. Um, and honestly, 
rather than like sitting on the same project and like working at the exact same time, like I'll bring another thing to the table and then he'll bring another thing to the table. And then our finished songs are kind of like a piling on of our different ideas. Writing is asynchronous in the best possible way. You know, yeah. two, two songs happening at the same time and we kind of just swap back and forth. Here's mm -hmm. what I did to this, you know, here's what I did to this. Yeah, gotcha. One of my favorite questions to ask when I'm meeting bands is how did you guys come up with the name by George? Because neither of you are named George. So is, I was wondering correct. that. <laughs> mm. So we um, were in a project, another project a little while back called Mighty Mango, which uh, was based in Charlotte. And uh, we just named that after the Naked Smoothie, uh, the Mighty Mango one. And we had a number of <laughs> conversations about how the name needed to be a little more unique, a little bit different. Um, and I don't like the Grateful Dead comparison. It, it musically makes no sense, but I do remember having the branding conversation and being like, "Okay, I love that the the skull and the dancing bears like yeah. are a, a Grateful Dead thing." And so then that led to this, "Okay, we need a logo and a mascot, right?" Because that's just like immediately identifiable. Mm -hmm. And then um, a guy that we played with a while back would say, "By George" all the time, and it's an old English just like phrase that means like. Oh, oh, shoot. Um, or didn't oh, shoot. know that. Oh, shoot. Yeah. You know, love saying, oh, shoot. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, but anyway, so the frog is George. So the frog is George. Uh, and there's really like it's kind of arbitrary naming. Like it could have been by anything. But I think the the by George being like a phrase and also, you know, being able to say, oh, the music is by this frog. And then there's a visual representation of that. Um but yeah, people will come up to us at shows and be like, which one of you is George? We're like, <laughs> hate to break it to you, but none of us are George. But <laughs> look at our exist. logo. <laughs> yeah. This was, is George. It was a crowdsourced uh, yeah. tagline, the mm -hmm. who is George thing, because people ask us that all the time. And we didn't initially have this master plan, like, you know, let's make a frog. It's going to be George. It's going to connect in all these ways. It has a double meaning. No, it was at a show. People are like, is the frog George? Like, yeah. And then we made merch that just said, who is George on the shirt? Yeah. And that, that stuff did well. So it we've kind of tried to keep it a question, mm. um, which, has been, which has been cool. I totally went out on a – I remember we were sitting in like, we should put uh, who is George on a shirt. And we were like, that is either going to flop or it's going to be great. And I think it ended up great. But... I think enough people wonder. And they, they're like, okay, are you George? No, you're Tyler. Are you George? No, you're Ch Chondaman. That's even farther from George. Like, <laughs> We should be by Chondaman. Right. Yeah, that would work. We'd be would that be commercially successful? I don't know. Why not? <laughs> Well, I get the correlation between, like you said, the dancing bears yeah. and the frog. It's mm -hmm. kind of like similar, you know, you can print it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You guys only started releasing music to platforms last year, right? August. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, how long have you been making music in general? Uh, I've been writing. Well, writing is a strong word. I've been playing guitar since fourth grade. And then, but like writing music uh, started junior year of high school in different groups um in a group that we were in before by george um so individually yeah, i've been like writing music since uh since junior year of co uh of co excuse me of high school but it was never really that serious like it was always kind of like putting together random guitar progressions and i've always been a guitarist first so it'd be like guitar bass rock and i never really got into the the bones of like real songwriting or like songwriting math or like structure and like how things typically go. And I feel like last January 
we were like, okay, time to take on the task of like, this is how songs are written. This is how to deliver emotion in these ways. And so in a sense, like the real songwriting, I think happened for me starting last year, but I don't know about, about you. I'm on the exact same page. I, you know, when I was a kid, I, I grew up in Mongolia in Southeast Asia and my dad plays all sorts of instruments. And so as a kid, I was in a band, quote unquote, with him where he wrote songs and I, the YouTube videos. I played drums and I was seven. Yeah, unfortunately, this all exists online. I shouldn't be saying this. Um, <laughs> we'll link and, it. And so yeah. he he taught me a lot. And a lot of what I like to say is my songwriting knowledge. But same as Tyler, I didn't actually sit down and think and learn how to structure uh, and, and write a compelling song until we sat down last January. What were the first instruments you guys ever learned to play? Guitar. Drums. And you stuck it out. And that's where we're, that's where we're Look at. Look at you. But I'm trying to learn bass. Bass is kind of fun, even though Ty I suck at it. No, T Tyler's good at bass. He does that's all right. the he does all the electric bass on our demos, and I've I've learned keys. I've picked it up. I uh, it, it's helpful for you know we're we're moving into a sort of piano synth sort of space where playing the keyboard is relevant all over the place. So we're both kind of learning that as well. But but we did stick it out. You're right. And then I'm <laughs> learning I'm learning how to sing as of a couple of weeks ago. Uh, oh my god give us a little something a little something oh no I'm not saying right here I'm not saying right here it's not good I still need to get better but uh yeah it, it's funny uh I've, I've been singing for years but our first couple studio sessions and like the relationship we now have with our producer god I hope he hears this you're like yeah you're not really cutting it with some of these <gasps> vocals but it's weird because like playing live is one thing and that's there's a certain energy that you need to bring to that right but then like i thought that that's what you bring into the studio and i finally started taking vocal lessons and immediately i was like wow this is a totally different thing than what i thought it was so the short the, the tldr is uh i'm now learning to sing <laughs> tyler's also not giving himself enough credit because we tend to write songs in the wrong key and then just try to make it work and it's only yeah. recently that we've been like you know what you know what we're gonna make sure it's the right key before we proceed so we're still, you know, but anyway, still <laughs> anyway. So you said you're move moving into like a synth kind of vibe, but right now you guys are really indie. Mm. So what I want to know is what the hell is frog pop? Mm. Now, if you notice, that question is right in line with the keeping the who is George thing mm -hmm. relevant. So there is technically not really any answer to that. <laughs> um, but I think... Uh, the, the best way I can describe how the frog pop thing is panning out is that we went from writing more indie music to writing more pop music. And so if you heard our demos, like if you were to hear the demos of the songs that are released right now versus how they sound, they sound very sonically different. And I think, and not, not to bring this too much into like a different question, but like to define frog pop, it's kind of the combination of us writing these like synthier pop songs at home because we have like, stock logic presets and stuff and they I, I i'm not going to say bland but they tend to be like pretty down the middle mm -hmm. and then we bring it to atlanta um with our producer um who the more we release songs the more i'm like this has like a group love sound to the to the production quality of it so our producer being in group love brings this like edgier more rocky vibe to to our song so it's, it's kind of panned out to be this like pop music with rock indie production and that, I mean, that's the best like objective way I could describe frog pop. I mean, if we were making our demos into songs, they would not sound like they do, to be honest. No, they wouldn't. Um, yeah. 
and that's the that's an incredibly legitimate explanation and then the meme explanation that i would provide is our mixing engineer tj elias in atlanta he sometimes will listen to a song and be like oh that's butt rock right he makes up genres out of <laughs> nowhere with whatever with bands we like man right with bands that we like, like so, so part of it is us yeah. just making fun of people that try to classify music ultimately yeah. what is indie music it came from independent music likely you know, we intend us to be indie music going forward, but it's kind of turned into this sonic description of an indie song, right? These sort of like chorusy, washed out guitars kind of deal. Um, ultimately, frog pop can be interpreted as us making a genre, and also it's like we're frog pop, right? Just like butt rock is butt rock, or fun pop is fun pop. Well, and that dot, what is it? Uh, is it Dolly? No. Dolly. Is that the AI, AI image, image thing? thing yeah. We were just like putting keywords and stuff into that. I feel like this is taking some of the magic out of it. Yeah. But uh, uh, this really cool, like, yeah, the picture of the of the frog can, like, pop, soda can. You could call it that, but but frog, like, frog soda has been a cool like image. Um, right. But, it was inspired by that. We came up with the verbiage, and it's like it's kind of the same thing as the George thing. Like, there's you can look at it from whatever you want as a genre, as an actual description of what we make, or as a can of soda that's. You know, and you know what I'm not we sell. bad about this because people write whole papers with ChatGPT. So you know what? I can do one image. What? No, guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you guys, you just mentioned group love. Um, mm. Are there any notable influences that you guys feel really inspired by in your music? Sonically, I've, I don't feel like I could really have answered this question well until now, but I'm going to go back to the group, the group love thing. Like I had a bunch of friends text me when we started releasing music, yo, we hear the group love influence. I was like, um, sure, okay. But now I'm starting to hear it more and more. So sonically, I think that's where some of the production is going. Um, and as far as like songwriting, I mean, I think the band that we connect the most on is Band Camino. Yep. Honestly, I love their writing style. I love what they're doing. Except their lyrics. Their song structures. Well, their lyrics used to be fire. <laughs> This can't get around to them, but they need to work on their lyrics. Yeah, they're definitely um, listening. But to then the, I think the biggest one for us uh, is the 1975 because oh. we uh, – one thing that I've slowly realized as we've been doing this more that I have a really big respect for uh, their music because they're writing these pop songs that could be produced really cleanly and have like – I mean, a good analog might be like Laney style production. Like Laney has really up the middle, like, and, and it's a, it's a thing, right? It's cool. Um, but 1975, we would take their songs to our production team and be like, "Oh, can we do this or can we do this?" And TJ breaking down their mixes, he was like, "Yeah, this is a really weird drum sound," or like, "They could have like this is a really stripped down mix," or like, "This vocal is kind of hard to hear. It's not super clear and poppy." So I think. The biggest influence other than group love on our like sonic character of our mixes is we always default for the weird elements of mixes rather than making something super clear or audible. And that's something that I have a, a lot of respect for in the 1975's music. Totally. Yeah. They, it's just they're just writing pop music with indie production and they're one of the biggest bands in the world. And that and that's cool that you can do the indie thing in pop music and it, it can still have that audience. So well, I mean, what do you what do you think? I don't I wouldn't add anything to that. That's exactly <laughs> where we where our minds sit in songwriting. We do talk about it openly quite a lot. You know what our intentions are, and I think that's important to set. But one of my favorite things about what we're doing in this project is we're doing something different live. Mm -hmm. We don't intend to be the 1975 live. We don't want to sound perfect. We want authentic moments in our set. You know, I want Tyler to jump into the crowd, almost fall, 
survive you know that's that's right. the magic. we'll touch on that later <laughs> uh, that's yes. the magic of a live performance though is that it's not the spotify recording otherwise why would you go unless you just need to see maddie healy in person which there's a there's a large group there's of people a, there's that, a couple of folks that want to do that our manager is one of those people if you're listening <laughs> Shout love, out, Liv. we love you um but live we we probably sound a lot more like a lot more like a John Mayer set would, where there's big guitar mm-hmm. solos, where there's improvisation, there's big fills, there's dynamic moments, you know? That's, That's really important to us. And, and we are live musicians. We love that. We love we love the uh, authenticity of a live show. So we want to exist in this, have the best of both worlds. Like, we want this recorded music that sounds like this, and we want our shows to feel like something different. I forgot the John Mayer thing. Yeah, I mean, he's my favorite, probably, musician of all time, just like, uh, and and I started out playing guitar and just doing a lot of solo stuff. And one of the touchstones of our sets has always been these bigger solo moments, like he's saying. And you know, you start writing pop music, and I wouldn't say you lose the opportunity to do that, but you do sort of lose it if you don't if you aren't conscious about it. And so, like our last couple sets, we try to be really intentional about like bringing you through a couple like pop songs that are they're just that but then doing one of ours that's a pop song but then the end of it is like an extended solo because um, we, we just don't want to lose the the free form aspect of of live music because i mean that's why you go to concerts right i mean that's why i would go like I, if you can listen to an artist catalog on spotify yeah, why would you go see it exactly exactly and we don't i i envy jam bands sometimes because i love that but mm-hmm. you know we want to be releasing this music that's extremely accessible and then being able to recreate that live while also giving them the live experience that we enjoy and that we found our fans enjoy, which is improv, you know? Mm-hmm. So. so that's that. That's that. So you guys just came out with a new single uh, a couple months ago called Vampire Social. Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> so what inspired this specific song? Mm, so I think the first thing that happened is that so the way the, like the way that we source songs is that we'll just have rough instrumental or vocal ideas and we'll just send each other uh, bounces of that track. And so I was going through some demos that that Charmin had sent me, and uh, the fun thing is that like he'll have an idea that's going one way and I'll do the same, but then the other person will take it and make it into something totally different. So I took this piano thing he had and. Uh, I just played it in my head and kind of forgot about it and then went on a run in this cor- the the full chorus for Vampire. Like, those are the really cool moments when, like, you're not trying to write a chorus. It'll just happen. And the full chorus just happened. And I was like, whoa. And so then I went, I re- went and recorded it over the piano that he had. And then we got together and added the lead lines and everything. Um, and I, I would say all but the bridge of that song came together in, like, roughly an hour. Mm-hmm. Um and then the bridge we found, we took from an old song that we recorded, but didn't decide not to release. And we really liked the melody that we did on the bridge. And so then we popped the bridge into there, redid the lyrics. But uh, well, as soon as Tyler came back with the chorus, all that was really there was the piano, the chorus. And then he had this guitar riff, which ended up being a guitar vocal hybrid. And it's mm. like the lead line of the song. And then we were like, what if the drums were like hip hop drums? Like, mm-hmm. interesting so we just did that all on a computer just digital and then the song was just there it just happened um what i was thinking about with the chorus is uh and, and it's funny like if you try to model your songs after other artists they end up not sounding like that so it's still <laughs> a cool method so i was like i really want to do a chorus like see-through 
by Ben Camino because I, I love these rap choruses that they do in their in their music. And so I was like, we got to do a rap chorus. And so that ended up being that. And then I remember listening to the song when it was done. I was like, this sounds nothing like <laughs> see through, but it's got this cool like rap vocal chorus. So it worked out in our in our way. I love it. Right now, it's my I you know I love this the stuff we're creating because it's truly us. But this song is my favorite because it it feels like it blends some cool uh, aspects of different genres in a way that that it's it's unique and I it, it means a lot to us. I think this is the first release we've. This is the first song we wrote where I think we got our feet under us and we mm-hmm. identified some of the through lines we want in our music. Like that piano thing Tyler had mentioned. If you go listen to the Spotify recording, that basically made it from the demo with some different production stuff and recording methods. But Yeah, I mean, your streams are going up every single day. Like mm. You're also really big on social media and promoting this. Is that mm. important to you guys, the social media aspect of it all? You actually just opened a box that can't be closed. <laughs> so... Like we have a love-hate relationship with social media, as I feel like everybody does. I mean, that's mm-hmm. just always the truth. Uh, and we realize the importance of it. And I think for us, it's been a process of maturing into what our social media image is going to be. Because quite honestly, we have always had the consistency with social media. Like, we know who we're marketing to. We care a lot about our fans. And sometimes that care spills over to anxiety about like what we should be on social media because like I know I'll be scrolling on reels um, or TikTok and see just like super clickbaity stuff that as ingenuine as some of it might be my eyes are on it and they're not leaving it and that's how the platforms are designed which is a conversation for another day (laughs) but it's been an interesting give and take of trying to figure out how we stay us because at the end of the day, who are we? We are live musicians, we're performers, and we're songwriters. And I wish, honestly, that we lived in a world where those things alone could could put you on a platform. Because I mean, the number of really talented people that just don't have the you know access to social media or the you know know how to do it, or quite honestly, a label to do everything for them. Let's not forget that it, it really gets lost on on some folks. So to cap that off, I think. Uh, we're getting better at being like authentically us on on social media. I mean, I'll just say it, like we're not going for the like hot guy thing. Like I think that is so cringy. Uh, <laughs> we are pretty normal dudes. We like looking funny and connecting with people. And so we're going to film funny skits. We're going to film stuff that's truly us. And at the end of the day, I don't really care how many views it gets. Like we're going to do the best. Like, you know, I'm, I'd rather live with, 5,000 followers total then that I'm getting I'm getting away from the question here we just have a lot of thoughts on social media we We sure do I the only thought I want to give is that I just want to be accessible to people that care uh that's been the most fulfilling part of social media is when people come to our shows and post a story that we repost and can respond to them and be like how did what did you think of the show you know that's the whole point ultimately of performing is to connect with people and social media like Tyler said really doesn't connect us in ways that it should, but um, but it can. And I think that's what we try to focus on and try not to focus too much on the instant growth aspect because I think it can really take away from the from the art of this. For uh, The last thing I'll say is that the biggest struggle on social media for us has been that we've had a couple moments on platforms where a video will go viral or some promotional effort of ours will go viral and it'll translate to a lot of followers and interest but it will very quickly sputter out 
as far as like real engagement. So when we do like the, the only way that we know how to do this is to organically bring people closer to the project and just sort of say whatever to the things that go viral. Um, because vir like virality just simply doesn't, it just doesn't translate to viewers. Like I, I don't want to be a band with like a hundred thousand Instagram followers that are all just there because they, they saw a cool video and like, and we actively try not to put that stuff up because like if they're not coming to the shows, why would they follow us? You yep. know, like, but anyway, that's, that's my answer to that question. Well, I think you guys have definitely succeeded in bringing people closer to your music. Right. If that was the goal. And I think on that note, we're going to take a short break to play all Vampire Social by our new friends by George. Come 
That was Vampire Social by By George. So are your lyrics usually general or do you guys base them off of specific personal experiences? I try to make things as general. This is a bad answer, but I try to make them hybrid. I think the the touchstone that I use for all lyrics is I try to make everything into a metaphor, which I think backfires sometimes and works at other times. Um, We try to be committed to have like slightly vague lyrics because I think part of the part of the mystique of music is a set of lyrics that you can interpret for yourself. Like, I don't know. I'm not really that drawn to like if I hear a verse and I'm very keyed in on what's happening. I'm kind of like, ah, like, I, I come on. I wanted to figure that out. So as far as like the way we do it, I think it's always like we try to make a metaphor out of like the combination between a personal experience in general. It'll always come from like a feeling that I'm having related to a something that happened to me or us or, you know, whatever it is. And then turning that into as general a feeling as possible. So like, okay, what is it in this experience that I had that is universal, I think is the way to think about it. And then, and then bring it to that universal thing in a unique way. Cause it's tough, right? Cause like you write a love song, you gotta be really careful because there are way too many of those and they all have the word love in them. But if you find an interesting way to do it, then I think it's permissible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think again, accessibility uh, is a priority in this realm too. Making sure that people can make it their own, you know, because once you release it, it's like, well, it's not really yours anymore. Yeah. yeah. Well, now we got to talk about your performances. Ooh. You guys have been busy this year, lots of live performances, mm-hmm. and you're currently enjoying your spring tour. How mm-hmm. is that going? It's going well. It's pretty much just the beginning. This is a pretty different tour than we've done in the past. Um, I think we're enjoying it, I wouldn't say more or less than other tours, we're enjoying it a lot um, because we have the coolest venues I think we've ever played on this on this tour and the coolest artists that we've ever played with. Um, and I, I mean, honestly, what better way to start it than to play in Raleigh and at Lincoln Theater, um, a room we played last year and had a ton of fun at. And then, um, yeah, I mean, really the biggest difference is the rooms and the frequency of our playing, like, We've done tours in the past where, you know, we used to think being a band was, okay, you're not doing the thing unless you're on the road all the time, everywhere, getting out there. And it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Go to the places that you know you have, like, fans, like, figure out the right space shows out enough. Because we used to just be like, go, 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 new place. And, you know, people come out to the shows, but if you have a chance to see us every five seconds, you're never going to fill up a room. So you got to do a couple shows. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's been great. I mean, the band is the best like group of people. Yeah, I think building off what Tyler said in the fall, we did a tour that was a little bit more uh, geographically ambitious. What a way to put Whoa. it! Yeah, right. Yeah. We went to we did D.C., New York, Philly. We did Knoxville. You know, we were just all over the place, and it was yeah. really cool. Um, but for the spring, our intention was to hone it in a little bit more. Let's be a little bit more intentional about where we play, um, and where our core audiences are where our listening markets are. And, you know, that's Raleigh and Charlotte primarily. And then we have some secondary markets that we're trying to build up. And it's not to say that we don't want to go to all these places, but generally, you know, I think it's just human nature. When you spread yourself really thin, each show gets a little bit less of your, of your, of your real intentions. And so, um, and so I'm incredibly excited for this tour. And like Tyler said, starting it off in Raleigh was a dream come true. We played Lincoln 364 days prior in January, 2023. Um, with Late Notice and co-headlining with Harvey Street Co. And then this time we played with 
Bell Tower Blues for the first time, uh, up and coming NC State band, as well as the Layaways, who are friends of ours, which was incredibly fulfilling to play the same sort of event, um, headline it with these with these local bands that we love. I mean, it's just incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, where do you guys have coming up? We are in Greenville, uh, North Carolina, on Saturday night, and then we're in Charlotte uh, the sixteenth uh, of February, and then we um, let's see, we have a festival pending in May, Artisphere in Greenville, and then we have a run of shows with a really cool band from Nashville called Okie Dokie, um, which is a way cooler name than ours. <laughs> it is, um, but they're they're great, and so we're gonna do. Visual Light Theater in Charlotte with them. We're going to do Poor House uh, in Raleigh with them. We're going to do Chattanooga, Nashville. Um, we're doing Charleston. Um, we're doing Memphis with the Lemons, a really cool band from there. Um, and they're putting Okie Dokie on that bill too. But yeah, we're still building out some dates, but the, the big next steps are Greenville and uh, and Charlotte. So, And the next Raleigh date, as Tyler mentioned, with Okie Dokie uh, is on Saturday, March 23rd. I don't have a calendar pulled up, I promise. That is the date <laughs> that it is on. It is. It is on that date for for any Raleigh people. It is happening. It's happening. Time and place? Poorhouse. Doors at 7 p.m. Mm-hmm. 7 a.m. Doors at 7 a.m. at the <laughs> Poorhouse. 7 p.m. Right. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well... Just between us, off the record, is Tyler going to stage dive? And if so, is he going to survive it? Yes and maybe. <laughs> yes and maybe. Poorhouse is a tough sell for stage diving because we got to make sure people are packed out. I mean, that's one of those things where, like, I mean, my health is a concern. <laughs> so, like, I'll look out there, and then if I see enough people clump together, I'll do it. But, I mean, the implications of that not happening are pretty dire. <laughs> It's true. So I'll, I'll judge it in the moment. It's true. We have we have it planned. Like we have like, here are the circumstances that need to arise for me to do this. Mm-hmm. And we have like alternate. I was about to say alternate realities. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have the multiverse have... ready for our shows. No, we, we have do. like okay, they're not. You know, they're not going to go for it. Okay, we're going to do this. They're going to go for it. We're going to do this. Um, so hopefully, in the moment, we're going to do it. But that's all I can say. Okay. Yeah. yeah, part of the, in band the chemistry. <laughs> Aside from purchasing the multiverse, uh, part of the band chemistry we've developed, I think it's really cool, this improv stuff we've been talking about live, that we can communicate with each other through um, uh, talkback mics on stage. And so we do leave a lot of room in our performances for dynamic moments that are not planned, Mm -hmm. um, although we do have universes and realities of of plans. (laughs) We need to kill that. (laughs) We need to kill that point. A bit. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Anyway. um, But yeah, hopefully I do. That's a dangerous habit to have. That's right. That's right. Uh, you guys also you play a lot of covers at your shows. What's mm-hmm. been the fan favorite? We, uh, you know what? This is our chance to to redeem ourselves. All right, <laughs> this is our chance. So go for it. Uh, we used to play a lot of very classic uh, rock and indie covers, and then we moved it. Uh, and and I mean, we always played a pretty like we went from playing very popular covers to putting a couple originals in. And then I think we got so motivated to make our own music that this last tour, we we're like, okay, we're going to play mostly our own songs. And then the covers are going to be very similar to our own songs. And so we went out with the set list that was like our songs and then songs that are similar to that. Um, and I think we 
left the fall feeling like, you know what, we probably should have put a couple more like crowd pleasers in there because a lot of these really great moments at our shows are from like what you know by two door cinema club and like everybody talks, uh, like the, I mean, you know, we don't play Mr. Brightside anymore, but like that type of stuff, but it's, it's a fine line, right? Because we, we want, we're going, I mean, we are an original band and that's where we're headed. And I think we're making the right progress on, you know, getting people to where they'll come see the shows for, for our music. But it is interesting. It's like, we love playing some really popular covers and you just have to do them, Mm -hmm. you know, at Lincoln theater, we played one cover for every two original songs and we split yeah. it up as such. Um, oh. And we, we, know it, we know what we want to do here. I mean, uh, when you don't know a song and you're at a show, it can feel awkward it to be in the weird. audience. It can, it can yeah. be weird. And it's, it's hard to get into stuff that you don't know. But mixed in with songs that you really do know, I think is the best way to introduce someone to your music and be like, hey, it's not, it's not that different, spot, right? Yeah. This, is, this is us. And then here's a song you know. You might like it. And you might not. And that's okay. And you can still have a good time because you're getting songs that you do know. Right. I will say my favorite cover to play right now is Break Even by The oh, Script. Yeah. Ooh, because, good yeah, every time oh, we play yeah. it, I'm reliving my middle school relationship and, and <laughs> yeah. such. But what a, great, what a great song, yeah. But we, we took a chance at Lincoln and we started with uh, two originals. Yeah, but I mean, two we feel the best about our original stuff now that, that we ever have. I mean, it's just, it's just, you know, people will get used to the, the new stuff and we've gotten great feedback on it. But uh, yeah, that's the best cover, Break Even. You can't go wrong with the script. Can't go wrong. The heater. You can't. Yeah. So, like you were saying, you just played a huge show at Lincoln Theater. Um, when you get off a performance like that, like, what's the energy? What goes through your head? Hunger. Hunger. Nice. <laughs> uh, it, it's it's really great because like the prep is extensive, and there's just a lot that goes into it. So, um, and there are like as our shows get a little more complicated as far as like we've got all these plans, dynamic moments and we've got lighting rigs and stuff like that. There's more failure points. So like, and our team is not growing in size. Like it's us uh, and our amazing manager, Olivia um, and the other guys in the band. But like we're doing like five jobs every, like that are typically handled by separate teams every show. And so we're getting there really early, making sure everything works. And then when it does work and there have been, a lot of times when it doesn't work and it's absolutely terrifying <laughs> but uh like i mean i'll just say like we had a we had a house show um in raleigh that was like and it, and it just got shut down immediately and we were like we just put so much time and we were like there were so many people there to connect and and you know we didn't feel all that great after that but lincoln our plan like everything worked and the and and people were really loving it and so that's a pretty indescribable feeling when you know you see how people have been impacted by a show um and the effort really really pays off so i mean just really really great um after lincoln i don't think we slept for a night really for the seven days before lincoln theater Mm -hmm. um you know coming off of everyone's home for the holidays and trying to get everything tyler mentioned together was basically an impossible task and the more you try to do the more things can go wrong but after the show finished, I mean, later that night, I literally cried tears of joy because we actually pulled it off. Mm-hmm. Um, very, very happy. Yeah. So not only do you guys play venues like Lincoln, but you're big on house shows and lots, I think. Mm-hmm. So my question is, when the feds shut you down, do you pack up or do you keep playing? We <laughs> always pack yeah. up because the consequences of the 
alter like if we were look if we were a punk band or that was part of the aesthetic i think there's value in having content that where like you know you're getting rushed out of a show or something like that but like that's not our thing and it puts the people at the show at risk too like if you keep playing and there are people there and the cops have said yo you have to leave and then we keep playing like it's not really just as simple as oh you know we're going to keep playing whatever we don't care about that it's like no there's like hundreds of people here who could be getting arrested right now and the quicker they get out they're gone and of course that's a noise thing right that's just mm-hmm. a noise thing but uh yeah i don't i don't really think we we play through stuff i mean we've had a the cop up. I mean, how, how do you play through that when a cop is on stage? Like, hey, stop. Right. I think I think we actually have started playing a, a, a period of time after oh, really? a few times. But you know, the last house show we played, and this is the reason it was the last house show we played was on August twenty fifth of last year to kick off our fall tour. And when the cop showed up, uh, the house we were playing at, we actually had some friends that lived in that house, and they came up to us and we're like, "Listen, I can't afford a fine." You know, it's mm-hmm. like, okay, we're not, you know, we got to yeah. stop. It's unfortunate. but Wish we could keep going. I mean, it was great because there was a thousand plus people at that show. And it's tough with the house show stuff because like that, honestly, like we love playing venues. Like, don't get me wrong, but like house shows are the most authentic musical experience. And it brings us the closest to fans and you can be really personal with people. And it's just an incredible experience, but it's so tough because it's so unregulated, not in the strict sense, but like. There's no noise. There's noise ordinances, and there's all sorts of stuff. It's just very difficult to make a house show work, and it used to work really well, you know, when we would have a couple, you know, people out, like you know, hundred, two hundred people out. But like when we do house shows, there's eight hundred to a thousand plus people. You can't do that with house shows. So my uh, my hope is that one day we figure out how to make that the house show thing keep going in like a safer more guaranteed space where that many people can come together because people feel a lot more comfortable at house shows too. We want to be doing them. It's just literally not possible. People feel so much more comfortable. He's exactly right. There's no age limits, right? It's like the perfect opportunity for people of all backgrounds to show up. If if you're playing at a venue, it's often age restricted. It's expensive. People don't have rides. Ubers are expensive. You know, it's just accessible. Again, that's like, I think the most important thing for our involvement in Raleigh is trying to be accessible. Yeah. Um. So before we close off, we are going to be playing one more song by Bye George for you guys called Love It Let Go, which is currently unreleased mm-hmm. and coming out on February 29th. Could you guys tell us a little about this new single? Sure. So uh, the idea came when I was on a solo writing trip uh, at a at uh, a family farm. We've got this farm out in Western North Carolina that we'll go to. We're actually going to go there next week to do some writing. Um, And as it always goes with our demos, the melodies and uh, structural ideas of the song uh, were created in in our demo. And then the sound, like if you heard the demo right now, you'd be like, what in the world? This (laughs) is nothing like the, the real song. And I think it was one of the most interesting recording processes because we got the most creative I think we've ever been in the studio there's all these like funny like drumstick loops and uh really interesting guitar sounds um there's cool vocal processing um and I think the bass line is my favorite um Dan the our producer um did the bass and uh I, I, th- I just think it ended up in a really unique place oh and the lead guitar line is this like digital super distortion 
thing. And then the, I mean, it's just the coolest combination of instruments I feel like we've ever gotten. Um, and then it's one of my favorite choruses. I mean, I, I go back and forth between being like, oh man, like should have really have been called love it, let go. But like, it's a great chorus to just yell. I mean, it's fun to sing and people have loved it. So yeah. And it's also, we really like playing it live, high yeah, energy, well a lot of fun. And that song took the most turns production-wise, like Tyler said. It did not end up. It was a synth-pop song. Yeah. It was a synth-pop song with, like, big keys. Uh, and then, you know, we took it in and we, you know, did the thing we do with our production team and we made it our own. So, yeah, unreleased song. So one last question before we close off. What do you guys love about music? Mm. I feel like the coolest parts of of life are when you don't have an explanation for something or you're enjoying something so much that you're in a flow state and maybe connect that to like how people feel connected in the most like basic sense. And I just think that music kind of transcends all that transcends a lot of stuff going on in, in daily life. And you can create moments with people, particularly live where you can have hundreds of people, however many it is that you don't know personally at all, but you're all connected. Um, it just sort of feels like, unifying force that I don't really get from much else, honestly. That wasn't meant to be a dark that was a No, that was a fantastic, that was a fantastic <laughs> that I don't answer. Get from anything else. <laughs> Help me. It's all I have. <laughs> uh, music makes makes me feel things and, and impacts me in ways that no, nothing else ever has. And I know I'm not alone in that. Mm. I know that. And so by participating in it and by, by adding to the, to the world of original music i feel really happy it's, it's really simple um and the the other thing i'll add is that having studied you know tyler studied finance i just graduated from nc state uh with an industrial engineering degree the the subjectivity piece of music is so comforting i think too you know having spent so much time in a in a field where it's not there's not that many different interpretations of a math problem mm -hmm. it's just everything for me yep I think you're speaking to a lot of NC State students right now. <laughs> mm -hmm. All right, guys. So where can our viewers see your socials and listen to your music? Our Instagram is at Band by George. Our Spotify is, unsurprisingly, by George. That's our crazy, webs bro. Our website is <laughs> bandbygeorge.com. Uh, our email list and text list sign up are both on, on the website. Uh -huh. And then TikTok our TikTok is, Band is by George. at Band by George. We keep it real simple. It's not gotcha. hard to find us. <laughs> um, but yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, it's been a pleasure to meet you both. Thank you for coming in and talking to me. Thank you for having Thank us you on. so much. Glad to hear it. I appreciate y'all for tuning in, and you can check out the interviews I do with other local artists at wknc.org slash podcasts by clicking on Off the Record. I'm DJ Lucid. This is Off the Record, and you were just listening to By George on WKNC 88.1 FM HD1 Raleigh. I'm going to send y'all off with one more song by our friends called Love It Let Go which is currently unreleased out on the 29th of February, so make sure to tune in. Thank you for listening, and I'll catch you next time. We climb out of a memory In my house only 17 You cut down the forever reach Cause we know it's broken